Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hello, and welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me today is my special guest, Carrie Ginsburg, and here is a bit about Carrie. She is DMV based, and for those of you that's, um, you know, close to the Maryland, Virginia, all of that area, not Dallas, because no. <laughs> Carrie Ginsburg supports women and femi leaders around the world who are ready to spread out, get loud. And be boss bitches is what she said. She <laughs> is a cred- uh, credentialed professional certified coach through the ICF, one of the first 500 recipients of the globally recognized certified change management professional accreditation and an in-demand speaker and facilitator. Carrie is the founder of the coaching consulting Uproar Coaching LLC. In her free time, Carrie enjoys anything true kind, snuggling with her rescue dogs, and she is losing the battle against the weeds in her garden. So without further ado, let's welcome the woman behind it all, Carrie Ginsburg. Hi, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Carrie, for just coming down and having a coffee chat style conversation with me. And I love your hair color. Oh, thank you. I love blues. And then on the side, is it like purple or magenta? It's like magenta. Yeah. If ever there was a time to look like a tropical Skittle, it's, uh, it's now it's just in time for spring. Yeah. (laughs) And before we dive in to your passion areas and your subject matter expertise, which is really encouraging women and, you know, the visionary and all the incredible things that you're doing, especially with your new VIP asterisk program, Mm -hmm. I definitely want to give the audience a chance to get to connect with you in a fun and personal way. And I like to do that by, are you familiar? I hit me with it. By either an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for today? Ooh, it's funny because when I've listened to your podcast, I don't actually know that I've heard the rapid fire 10 questions. So let's do that. Okie dokie. We're doing rapid fire with Carrie and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question <laughs> number one. Mm-hmm. If you could trade places with anyone, who would it be? Uh, my dog, because she's so spoiled and she gets to just nap in sunspots all day, uh, eat tasty treats and just be loved on. Question two, if you could recreate any significant moment in your life, what would it be? I'll tell you what, I, uh, I was married once before, uh, it did not end well. And so I would love to have the moment to go back to, uh, getting in the car for that first wedding. When I looked at my mom and my dad and said, it's not too late to turn around, uh, and actually have the courage within myself to turn around and not do it. Mm. Number three, are you a coffee tea or neither drinker coffee? Definitely. But is a decaf coffee. I'm a Duncan decaf kind of gal. Ooh. Okay. Question four. Mm-hmm. 
you just won the lottery and in order to get the remainder of your proceeds released, you must donate to three charities of your choice. What charities are you contributing to? Planned Parenthood, NAACP, and ACLU. Question five. What makes Carrie Carrie that wild card factor? The umami of Carrie. Uh, I am... I am a unicorn. I am a unicorn. I'm a mermaid. I'm a banshee. I'm a whiskey drinker. I'm a small bookstore lover. I am a rescue mom. I am, I curse a blue streak. I am a proud aunt. What is the thing that makes me me? Uh, truthfully, unabashedly just being myself. Love it. Six. Whenever you think about the work that you're doing with femme and women leaders, why is this such a passion spot for you? Mm. Because uh, when I was coming up as a young leader, um, I had women ahead of me uh, who decided they would mentor me and they tried to mentor me out of the things that made me special, that made me sparkle, that made me different because my approach was different. It was nonlinear. Uh, it, it pushed against the parameters of traditional business and traditional leadership. And it made me feel small. And like I, as myself, wasn't good enough. And I never, ever want anybody to feel that way about themselves. So after uh, a lot of years of um, hard work, um, I had a big illness in, in 2012, which really put a lot of new things into perspective for me. And I decided that not only was I more than good enough, but the glitter bombness that is me, the luminary leader that is me is necessary to help evolve industry. Uh, I decided that I had to be brave and be disruptive. And so through my work, I want to make sure that those people who don't feel like they have the models, the role models, the mentors, the confidence or the bravery within themselves to just be who they are, because it's so important. Um, I want to make sure that they have the support to amplify and not hide what makes them sparkle. I love that. So it's like, where are you glowing up? Yes, exactly. That's, I'm going to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> and then just put <laughs> lady boss international. Cause that's like what we say there. So, uh -huh. <laughs> so seven, I think we're on seven. Keep me honest here. Yes. So favorite color red eight dream car dream home or both Ooh. <laughs> dream home Ooh. okay dream home do I need to like explain it to you um you can briefly okay. <laughs> so we have we my partner and I have a beautiful old renovated farmhouse um, that we live in. And that is our primary residence, primary, like we have many residences. We don't, we live here, but in the future, we would like to buy property on a mountain um, and build like a, a mountain home and then a series of little cottages and call it the green room and retire to that area. But then because we have these little cottages, family or friends can come stay with us. They would have their own space to be in, but then we would have communal or shared space to gather and hang out and celebrate and just be uh, happy together. Mm, and that brings me to question number nine. Yes. What is one thing you love about your partner that you cannot live without? He has never told me no to any crazy idea that I had. Really? 
<laughs> he has never said no, no. And so here's a really good example. So I, I had a long career uh, as a leader and I worked as a teacher and event planner. I was, um, I had a career as a federal leader. I was leading in corporate America. And when I decided uh, that corporate America was no longer enough for me and I wanted to launch my own business and it just so happened to coincide with the start of a global pandemic, he didn't say no. He said, yes, let's see how we can make this happen for you. And that is, that is so special. So when I have these big ideas that aren't going to hurt anybody, he has never said no. He has always said, yes, let's see what we can do. That is mm -hmm. really special to me. That is amazing because whenever you have a supportive partner, then everything becomes easier because yes. whenever you feel down, that partner lifts you up and is there to encourage you. And sometimes people don't have that and they're searching for that, but they're searching, mm -hmm. searching, searching in all the wrong places that sometimes they forget to look within to see how they can add value to, to the relationship and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So question 10, this is our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, our roles are reversed and you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? Oh gosh. I want to pass. Okay. What's your question? Hmm. What's one topic that hasn't been covered on your podcast that you would love to hear about, or you would love to have a conversation with someone about? Ooh, so I just recently um, pitched to have the creator who has this sur surrogacy um, podcast, and I would love to learn about um, what sur surrogates go to and etc because like you see all these crazy stories where someone becomes a surrogate then they get attached to the baby they don't want to give yeah. the baby up and different stuff and just because I'm not in that predicament but I've known someone who has been a surrogate and it has mm. gone well for her mm -hmm. but it almost ruined their marriage because the husband wasn't fully on board but she oh. wanted another baby and the husband didn't so that created like some turmoil I just kind of want to um, go through it because she talks to a lot of people who go through surrogacy or they're actually the one carrying the baby for someone else and I think that would be a cool topic to just kind of peek into yeah that's um it's the ultimate gift you can give somebody isn't it yes it's a special gift of life yeah amazing Ooh, good answer thank you my pleasure thank you for playing rapid fire with genesis carrie <laughs> <laughs> it's my pleasure I like that there's a theme song. That's good. I love that we could just be fun and just enjoy this conversation. Absolutely. And now I want to dive into your passion areas. So first I want to ask like the name Uproar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because whenever I hear uproar, it makes me think of a lion or a tiger or something fierce and vibrant. Yes. And I want to know what led you to calling your business uproar coaching? Yes. Thank you. That is a great question. So there's definitely is boldness and fierceness and vibrancy to upper coaching. I consider myself a, a bold and vibrant person. We've already talked about, I have turquoise and pink hair, right? So, um, when I was thinking about what to call what became uproar, I went through a lot of different names, right? I was like, is it rebel? No, 
is it, I can't even, I have a stack of post-it notes in the closet somewhere with like all of the names that didn't actually happen. But I wanted something to signify this idea of spreading out and getting loud uh, and being uproarious. And and to me, this idea of uproar, right? It, it swells from the ground up. So maybe you start with something smaller, something nothing, and then it grows, 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 and gets so much bigger. There's also this idea of like, community coming together to cause an uproar. And I think so often too, as, as women, because we are encouraged even to this day to be a little quiet, to like not speak up, to not cause a commotion. Um, this idea of, of becoming an uproar, of becoming louder, uh, of taking up the space was very, very important to me. And when I thought about what I wanted to do uh, how I wanted to support women and femme leaders, this idea of like causing an uproar, causing a commotion really kept coming back to the forefront of my mind. I love that because I can completely resonate because depending on what industry you're in, women are taught to kind of be the pretty ones, sit there, go with the flow or et cetera. And the minute that you try to either speak up, they label you as aggressive mm-hmm. or the men don't want to work with you or you're not mm-hmm. being a team player. I've even had a male call me the B word and he's like, you're <gasps> such a bitch. And I was like, are you serious? Did you just say that? And I was like, that will be the last time you call me that because I will show you what one is. (laughs) Get it. I just remember like just unplugging everything from the computer. And this was in my early twenties. I wrapped that Mm -hmm. board up so fast. And I'm like, I'm out of here. Like I'm going home on a personal day. And I remember my boss had called me and she's like, can you please come back to work? I'm going to talk to the, talk to the shop guys. I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen or whatnot. And I was like, we are cool. But when it comes to business, I am your, I am over you. So you're under, you're under me, but I'm not going to treat you as if you're less than we're going to do this as a partnership. But Mm -hmm. the minute you cross the line is where we have problems. And I feel like whenever um, men can't define the difference between, okay, yes, we have a personal and professional relationship Mm -hmm. and they can't separate it. Then they easily try to cross the line. And I feel like women are always tiptoeing on eggshells because they don't want to have these labels, but how much is it costing you to be, be silent? Mm. And so I just love when you were talking about uproar, because I really feel like more women need to come into power and really embrace their voice without, you know, second guessing who they are or et cetera, because we work just as hard as the next person to have the seat at the table. And if you take away like our genitals and just look at paper, like Mm -hmm. look at the credentials, I think that we have a rightful place and you hear the thing, oh, know your place. And I'm like, are we back in the forties or the fifties? Yeah. And it's, it's hard. So I like that you're, that you're doing the work that you're doing now, Carrie, because I think it's really empowering women. So whenever you think about, you know, women worldwide, Mm -hmm. do you see a difference like culturally whenever you're working across the board versus various industries, because certain cultures still believe that women should be homemakers and Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be in the workforce or or et cetera, but that woman is very capable of managing her home mm-hmm. and being in the workforce if she chooses. So how do we ignite that fire back in her? That is such a good question. I will say it's not only a, a cultural phenomenon. I think it's also a, 
an, an age phenomenon. I talk to women of all ages and there does still tend to be this tendency in younger women to be a little bit bolder, to feel like they, because they are now standing on the shoulders of the feminist movements that have come before them, right? So they have, they are a little, they are more comfortable sort of kicking down the door and being a little bit louder. Whereas though, yeah, exactly. Big pal. But then sometimes not all the time, right. I'm not trying to be ageist about this, but sometimes the older generation is still of a, I'm not going to, I'm going to let the system work and I'm going to trust the process and I'm not going to ruffle so many feathers. So your question is a really good one. How do we, how do we ignite that? I think, uh, it starts with understanding what is important to you. That is a question that I come back to so often um, in talking with individual clients and um, groups that I coach, you know, starting with this question, what is important to you? And then how can you make that happen in a way um, that ignites you, to use your word, that keeps you passionate, that lights you up, that gets you closer to where you want to be in your life, but that will also keep you safe and secure. Um, there is a, I have a, a, a client who is in the Middle East. And there are some cultural and religious things uh, at play in her household and in her community that makes her concerned about even talking on the telephone um, or using language that is maybe a little too Western. Uh, and so in our conversations, um, you know, we, we really try to, I follow her rules because it is not for me to sort of dictate the path. It is her journey. And I am just in the passenger seat, but we talk about what she is or is not able to do. What is or is not within her control and how she can sort of maximize, maximize or optimize the opportunities within that sphere that she's got to do things for herself. Um, so yeah, it comes back to what's important, what's within your control, what will keep you safe, secure, and whole, because I never want anybody to be putting themselves at risk. Um, and then what moves you closer to where you want to be, where you deserve to be. I love that. So them really getting clear with their focus, what's their why, what's the mission yeah. behind the why and what's really driving them. Because once they know where they want to go, then they're going to um, really know where to be rooted and planted so they could have that steady and sturdy foundation to have that upward mobility and mm -hmm. really embrace that confidence. Mm hmm so I love, I love that you listen to them and you do it as a partnership where you're growing together, but you're also there to challenge and stretch because if you don't have someone that is challenging you and stretching you to come into your highest potential, mm -hmm. then sometimes we can have that IS, that imposter syndrome. We could have mm -hmm. those limiting beliefs and et cetera that are taking us back whenever we're trying to really progress and move forward. So I love that. Um, yeah, it's also this idea... It, Sorry, I didn't mean to. to no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. It's also this idea of holding accountable. Um, and we hear this often, right? I, I, how are you being held accountable for your actions? How are you being held accountable for your behavior? But those are two very separate words. Holding is something that is nurturing and accountability is something that is um, challenging, right? And so within this idea of holding, you're giving people the opportunity to try things and fail and get up and try again and learn with, you know, you're listening, you're talking about your feelings, you're being vulnerable, you are holding that space, but then within accountability, that's where that challenge comes in. That's where the dominating, the limiting beliefs comes in. That's where silencing the imposter inner voice comes in. That's where you get the metrics and the feedback and, and the lessons to really clearly move towards your purpose um, in both 
holding. So being emotional and sensitive and empathetic and vulnerable about it, but then also accountability, bringing that, that strength to challenge, to move, to grow, to learn. Mm, I love that. And then as you were speaking on it, it reminded me of the song lyrics. uh, What is it? If first you don't succeed, you can dust yourself off and try again. Try yes, again. and I think that's what we what we need to learn is like learn from the failures, but your failure should be an empowerment because it's mm-hmm. a lesson learned because you're not going to repeat it. But I also like that you broke down the difference between holding and accountability, and I think that you need to have a good mix of both because that's also what's going to build the momentum. Mm-hmm. And I know early on in your one of your rapid fire questions you talked about being a luminary so what does a luminary leadership look like when you're a leader that's anything but traditional because you Mm. are by far out of the box and (laughs) I feel (laughs) I feel like whenever you are a leader anyone could be a leader but first you have to know how to lead yourself first walk it like you talk it in order for others to really see, okay, that's a leader that I want to follow. And you can't always jump on the bandwagon and go with the flow because everyone's leadership style may not fit your personality or your way to really lead effectively to make that change. Mm -hmm. So what is a luminary leader? What does a luminary leader look like? Yeah. So it's funny because luminary leaders may not look like you would expect a leader to look, or they might, right? They might be sort of luminescent in disguise. For so many years, I was luminescent in disguise because I was trying to like wear a costume in the day that made me look like what you would expect in a leader. So that way my ideas or my way of approaching work or how I interacted with people could be sort of a little less expected and a little less predictable. Um, but then you've got folks and even, even me today, right? So, um, when I go meet with people, I'll, I'll put on a suit, I'll put on a a dress, but I I have brightly colored hair and my suit isn't like Navy. My suit is Navy with neon pink plaid and I'm wearing vintage pumps. And so like, it's, you know, it's sort of presenting yourself internally as you are externally. Let's focus, Carrie, I'm getting excited. So what is a luminary leader? A luminary leader is somebody who brings new approaches to an old way of doing things. Luminary leaders are disruptors to industry. Luminary leaders can be considered disruptive or challenging to the workplace. Luminary leaders are people who um, have been told time and again, uh, that's not the way we've always done it. That's not going to get you where you want to go. That's not going to work here. And yet they try incrementally to make change. Luminary leaders are the people who, once you actually ignite them, once you give them that spark, they erupt as the glitter bombs that they are and their presence uh, stays with you for years, right? I, I say glitter bomb because have you ever, have you ever experienced like glitter as a crafting tool or like it comes on a card or like somebody puts it in a wedding invitation ends up all over your rug and you clean it up, you clean it up. And so then there's no more glitter, but then Six, eight months, two, three years later, there's, you see like glitter in a shoe that was nowhere near the glitter of the crafting of the glitter of the card. And you're like, where did this come from? And then it makes you remember where the glitter came from. That's what our glitter bombs are, right? They have this moment, they have this shine. People are really drawn to them for reasons they can't explain. And then they go away. But the lessons, the experience with the glitter bomb sticks to them in really unique dynamic ways. It gets in those nooks and crevices. So that way years down the line, 
they are pulling on those lessons because they can see the shine and sparkle that has stuck with them. I love that. The remnant is still there, even though the presence is gone. Yes. Yes. So I love that. And then this next question, I want you to think about the time that we're in, which is the great resignation. And then mm. hear this question with, with it, because I know you help people move from identity crisis to industry disruptors. That's so right. How do you really help them navigate, especially in this phase that we're in with the great resignation where people are tired, you know, they, they want to um, have a balance between, you know, work and home. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to be paid what they were, what they're worth. They want that value added and they want to be with like, you know, a company that really, um, ties with their morals and values. So if they can't find that, then they feel like, oh, I could do it on my own. And mm -hmm. there's other reasons why people are checking out due to the great resignation. So based on the work that you're doing, I want mm -hmm. you to share um, your your passion and the vehicle you use to help them move from that eh, identity crisis. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much fun. Okay, yes. So Right. So there's different types of identity crisis. There's personal identity crisis. We know that that pops up when our imposter inner voice or the imposter syndrome or phenomenon or however you want to categorize it, when that starts to get really loud, there's organizational or like business or company identity crisis, right? Where we have to rebrand ourselves because of whatever reason. There's cultural identity crisis within an organization, within a community where the way that we, we started, where we came from, our origin story no longer reflects where we are today. So I think that because there are these different levels of identity crisis, uh, the great resignation is an opportunity for folks to really take into account what they value, what they need to feel happy whole, to find work-life integration because there is work-life balance is not a thing anymore, especially if we're all working in a remote posture. Um, we all get to really use this as an opportunity to think about what we want out of life. Uh, and then move forward. And so the work that I do, um, even within the strategic VIP day that you mentioned much earlier in our conversation is all about reclaiming what makes you do, what makes you, you, it's about bouncing back. It's about owning your voice. It's about standing up when your insecurities have knocked you down. Um, and so, you know, there might be some early warning signs when something's wrong. Um, you're just losing your spark. You're losing your joy. Um, you'll see that there's like, oh, I'm not going to work today because I just don't feel like it. Or your quality of work starts to decline because you're seeing that people around you are rewarded for mediocrity. And so what's the point of going above and beyond when you can just skate? Um, and you stop being curious. You just stop asking questions. You start, you stop finding things that um, enrich you um, and help you grow. And so when that happens, you get the opportunity, you need to take the opportunity to take stock of, of what's up, of what is the right thing to do in this situation versus the easy thing to do in this situation. What costume can you take off versus what can you put on that makes things feel more authentic or honest to you? And so my luminary leaders in this moment of great resignation this is an opportunity for those who feel like they can't be themselves or they can't make any progress because the culture or the organization or the business that they're in is just, it won't give them the space to be who they need to be and who they want to be. 
And so this is an opportunity to find the place that will allow you to shine, to find the place, to find the opportunities that are brave enough to give you the room to shine and to glow and to do things different and to push against the machine and all of the things, right? You don't have to have all the answers because you can ask the big questions and really find what is important to you. Find your why. I love that because when I think about a disruptor, a disruptor is a person that is innovative, is not waiting for the validations of others. They're not seeking appeasement. They're going out there and they're creating, no matter if they have one person behind them or a thousand people behind Mm -hmm. them, they're so rooted in their why. They know what their mission is. They know Mm -hmm. what they're called to do. They know what their purpose is. And they're disrupting a space in order to create a revolutionary They're disrupting that space so change can be made and it could remain. They're Mm -hmm. disrupting so they could say, this is the imprint that I'm leaving, but this is Mm -hmm. how it's going to drive an impact. And when you think about that and you reverse engineer it, it helps them take actions in order to not just talk about it, but walk it like they talk it. So I just love that you are giving that empowerment once again and that confidence. And as we begin to wind down, Carrie, is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you think is valuable to share with the audience before we jump into the call to action? Mm -hmm. So the thing is, it's very easy for me, for us to sit here and say that being a luminary leader, being an industry disruptor, means that you lean on your confidence to have a lasting imprint. I love that word. The thing is, sometimes it's easier said than done. You have to dig into yourself. And I, I really, I try to stay away from words like have to and should and need because it sounds like I'm prescribing something and I'm not. But what I have observed is it takes a lot of bravery and a lot of confidence and sort of putting on that honey badger, honey badger, like I give zero Fs about and just do the thing that you know is right. Do the thing that you know will have that impact or that imprint. Do the thing that will bring the innovation. Do the thing that will drive change and evolution. It takes a lot of courage. And so if you are a luminary leader who is ready for that spark, if you are a luminary leader who is ready to dig and and propel your industry or your leadership or your team or whatever it is forward. I encourage you and I invite you to find the voices around you, find the community, find the people who will challenge you to be strong, who will call you on your bullshit and who will offer you tough love and celebration throughout the way, because it can be very lonely to be that other person. It can be very lonely to be outside the way that we've always done it. So you can combat your loneliness by finding the people who help support you. You can also combat that loneliness by being that supportive person for somebody else and acknowledging when it's hard, not letting it knock you down and just trying again the next day. 
Yes, absolutely. Finding that tribe. And now let's jump into the call to action. Yes. Carrie, what is your call to action for our audience? Mm, Well, I want everybody to spread out, get loud and be boss bitches, certainly. But I also want you to know that if you are a luminary leader and you are finding that you are at a, a point where you want to reignite your vision. You want to reclaim your status as industry disruptor. You are feeling a little sense of identity crisis. Um, There are ways, there are people like myself who are ready to help you, right? I, I offer a strategic VIP asterisk day. The asterisk stands for vision in progress. And basically we take what makes you bold and effective and unique and exciting as a leader. And we translate that into some very easy strategic planning and strategic visioning work. Because so often when you are a luminary, you look at the books on the bookshelf, right? I have a whole bookshelf here and they're all written by middle-aged white men. And that is not my style. And that is not my speed. And that is not my jam. And yes, there are little lessons I can take from each of them, but how do I bring my vision work into an organization in a way that still reflects me and my leadership and what's where I want to be going, where I want to take my business, where I take my organization. Uh, and so through the strategic VIP day work, we can leverage your leadership style to get you to what's next for you. And in a way that looks like you as a leader. Love it, love it, love it. And now the big ask is where can we plug in with you, Carrie? What's your website and your social media handles? Absolutely. So I am I am all over the internet. Uh, uh, you can look us up at www.uproarcoaching.com. I am on Facebook also as Uproar Coaching. I am on Instagram as Uproar underscore coaching. We have a bit of a passive Pinterest page was a lot of peas, but, but what I mean by that is, uh, all of the blog catalog from the website is posted on Pinterest as well, as well as ways that people could get in touch, um, about our programs if you're interested. Uh, and then I'm on LinkedIn and I would love to continue the conversation with folks on LinkedIn. Um, but that is not as up for coaching that is as me, Carrie Ginsburg. Uh, and so I'm out there and I would love to connect across all social media platforms. And I want to hear from your listeners how they have shown up as luminary leaders in their lives or where luminary leaders have impacted their lives. Amazing. And I want to thank you so much, Carrie, for just coming on and just sharing your wisdom and your insight with the audience. All of your contact information will be linked in the show notes. Audience, make sure you like, comment, subscribe and all of that good stuff that you already know what to do mm-hmm. so we could continue to spread this mission out because we are here to bring content that is educational inspirational and motivational while weaving in diversity equity inclusion and belonging and I want to thank each one of you for just supporting the guests that I bring on as well as the overall mission because of you we're now ranked in the top two percent globally out of 2.8 million podcasts podcast per www.listennotes.com. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without supporters like you. So from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank each one of you. And if you are interested in becoming a sponsor, space is limited, but you can find out more info by going to genesisamarskemp.net or sending me an email at genesisamarskemp at gmail.com to learn more info. Until next time, 
peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. And remember, in order to be a boss, you must think like a boss, act like a boss, and walk it like you talk it. Mm -hmm. No one is going to spoon feed you, but you do have the power to feed yourself. And remember, can the farmer reap if the farmer never sows? Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.